And the idea was that I was an aspiring actor who had blagged my way into these movie junkets and was using it to try and further my career somehow. So my questions were completely like just ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I came in with these, the worst headshots imaginable. I was wearing a turtleneck and posing like James Bond and I was <laughs> handing them over to like Jessica Chastain and Emily Blunt and Chris Hemsworth and asking for feedback. And then I met, I met The Rock and Kevin Hart and then took my t-shirt off and was like, do you think I'm oh, in shape enough to be a movie star? <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn, and on this week's episode, I was thrilled to have a chat with the hilarious Sean Burke. Sean is an Irish comedian, voiceover actor, comedy sketch creator, and all-around funny guy. We chatted about Sean's viral launch into online stardom, the struggles of being terrible at retail jobs, bar Sean's talent for selling printers, working in a sketchy industry, and getting pity dates with A-list movie stars. Sean was such a an interesting, hilarious guest to have on the show, and I'm so excited to see where he goes from here. So, without further ado, please enjoy this latest episode of Finterviews with the brilliant Sean Burke. And thank you so much, and Sean, welcome to another episode of Finterviews. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an absolute pleasure um, to have you on. I've been a big fan, actually, of your work for a while now. But for people that maybe don't know kind of like why we're chatting today or, you know, what kind of crack that you do, like tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from and kind of like your background, like what you're kind of known for. Because I would say like comedy, content creation, like because there's sketch shows, but then you do impersonations as well. Like it, I'll let you explain essentially mm. what maybe yeah. you do. <laughs> Therein lies the problem as well. I just can't settle on one type of thing over the years. Uh, well, the, I guess the best way to describe it is I'm a sketch comedian and uh, I've been making comedy sketches on the internet since like, God, since like 2012 now. Now if I say that out loud is frightening, but I've been doing it that long. And uh, yeah, like you say, I do a bit of everything. I just like, I'm, I'm a comedy nerd, so I like trying every type of, you know, whether it's a parody, a mockumentary. I love doing impressions as well, if I discover I can do a new one. Um, and then, and occasionally some topical stuff. Lately, I've been making stuff on Twitter, mainly, because uh, that seems to be... I've always loved the sense of humour on Twitter, so that seems to be a great place to put out just any kind of weird and wacky idea you have. And um, that's what I've been doing a lot this year in particular i'm like like many other people i've had you know there have been times where i've had a bit of extra time on my hands so i've decided to put it into just making sketches whenever whenever um the idea comes to me um but yeah sketch comedian i guess would be the quickest way to describe me sketch comedian yeah i think as you said kind of like touching on you know twitter has been a big one because i remember like even seeing your videos like i would have that was what it came up on like my Facebook, like I like video page, like and then I was like, like it was one of those ones where I just kept recognizing it, but not really registering. I'd just be like, oh, it was probably part of like some like thing that was created. And then I remember once I started kind of researching a bit more, or as like you kind of started popping up on my Twitter really promptly. I think I was like, yeah, oh my god, he literally makes all of these like himself. Like this is his. Like I actually presumed that was part of something like Comedy Central. <laughs> Or do you know those like you know college humor kind of sketches? Because yeah, it, like yeah. it seemed that similar kind of format of like scripted, you know, with like the kind of act and all, and it was like the different personas. And it wasn't mm. until I capped on that was like, holy shit, he's like literally just doing this out of like because like <laughs> like I know obviously you have like a cameraman or something like that, mm. um, or a woman. I mean, yeah, we can't, yeah, a camera <laughs> person, yeah. Um, but yeah, like how how have you kind of like? came about that like I suppose like when did you first like get this idea to start creating like videos and these comedy sketches like was it something you'd always gravitated towards or did you have like another passion or another kind of path in mind because as you said it's been the guts of almost 10 years coming up like mm. so like um yeah how how did you first get into that because it's such like a, a niche as well I think that's yeah. been very consistent yeah, it's um, that's oh, a good question because for a long time, uh, I would never have seen myself ended up doing this kind of thing. Like, 
like you know yourself you, you hang out with your friends when you're growing up and some people are funny and oh, I can't you know really I was always like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why I talk to people on the internet yeah I'm recording oh, I yeah see, I see. I'm, yeah don't have any friends so that's yeah that's kind of <laughs> what's yeah. that like on a centered <laughs> <now? laughs> well um, yeah you know you have a laugh with your mates and you think oh maybe I'm a bit funny but then you think oh some of my other friends are funny as well you know who says I can do it in a way that you know, I can replicate it for a video on the internet. So uh, I always thought that, but I never, you know, thought, oh, this could be a career really. So it wasn't until I was in university when I was 19, I think. Uh, and particularly hanging out with friends, like you mentioned earlier, I would do impressions a lot just for the crack and just entertain ourselves. And then, but I was always like pretty good at them. Uh, and then when I was in university, I wasn't doing drama or anything like that, which in hindsight, probably would have been the right choice but you know hindsight is 2020 uh, I was doing marketing of all things which oh really absolutely, yeah no use to me whatsoever but um I'm just glad I got to I got to go to university and experience that a bit um but then one day I was like you know I should just film some of these impressions and see you know put it out there see how it goes so with the help of uh, my friend Rory I did this my first ever video was 20 family guy impressions because uh, I was like obsessed with family guy at the time and I put that out and I put it on YouTube at the time and then shared it on Facebook and it immediately like took off and went viral, which was like uh, the maddest feeling the first time that ever happened. And it was like, it really took off like overnight in a way where like I was doing like radio interviews and stuff the next day. And, and like uh, I did a, like a guest appearance on some American TV show over like something like Zoom as well. Like, it was completely mad and absolutely kind of gave me the buzz for doing that again and made me in a way validated what I'd always um, kind of hoped was that, Oh, maybe I can be funny and maybe I could do this as a career because like many people I'm sure have ambitions to be a comedian or, or do stuff like that. You know, it's a dream for many people. Like it's it seems like, you know, a fun job, but to actually have it um, kind of, um, yeah validated in some way really gave me the confidence to pursue it then so i, I dropped out not long after that coincidentally uh, from college oh really yeah, oh yeah, fred yeah. oh, oh was yeah. this like your marketing head went on been like hmm could stay on like a year or two more as um yeah because <laughs> to, to get like such like you know notoriety from like those videos especially mm. i think like in Irish terms where it does validate you know sometimes when people like like would be like oh i think i have like a good idea it's immediately knocked out and be like a oh, fucking notions on that person thinking yeah, they could know exactly. oh they're gonna be something but as you said like if something like that takes off so huge that completely kind of goes like well um I, yeah but like the fact that you followed it as well and went yeah no, I, I, i'm pretty sure i can make something of this because there's so many people mm. that'd be like you know follow it through but they're just wouldn't have the same amount of confidence or i think resilience in themselves to say this is where I'm gonna, you know, stick to it. But um, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that you dropped out like at all yeah, after that. Yeah. No, it was um, it wasn't necessarily because of the videos, but I I wasn't enjoying the course. And I remember literally the last thing I did was because it was like marketing, and a lot of it was like there was a surprising amount of like maths in it as well, which I, I was like I did not sign up for this. I, thought it was, <laughs> I was picturing like Don Draper, you know, with Mad Men. I was about to say, is that Mad what Man. you were like coming in and being like, yeah, yeah just smoking like say all day? <laughs> exactly. I was like, where's the cool ad agencies? And somehow I'm here doing statistics and accounting, and I'm like, I thought I was done with this in secondary school. It's not that I was terrible at maths, but I just was not a fan whatsoever. And I remember the last thing I did, I think it was an accounting exam. I, I didn't, I don't think I wrote a single thing and I just, I just left a blank paper and just walked out and then never came back again. <laughs> so I don't even think I officially dropped out. They're probably like, is he going to come back eight years later? Um, any day now. But um, yeah, so it just, yeah, it wasn't for me. And then, so I was still in Dublin at the time. So I, I live in London now, have done for the past five years. Um, but at the time I grew up in Dublin and still live there. Uh, and then I started doing videos like that a bit more often and kind of branching out from just impressions to just sketches about anything, some of which had impressions, some of which didn't. And uh, doing little bit parts here and there. I was on stuff like Republic of Telly and the odd sketch show, which was really cool Like at the time. 
and uh, and did some voiceover work to to keep me going, which was nice, which was always fun as well. And uh, and then yeah, over the years, just kind of learned to write comedy a bit better and make videos and produce them, like you say, like. I hate having to rely on other people. Usually if I have an idea, I want to make it as soon as possible, especially if it's an idea, you know, yourself where you're like, oh, that'd be great. You know, you, you feel really excited about something. I you just want to see it done. Oh, I think that's like, I've tried to explain this, I think as well. Like I'm like, my background kind of be like, like I, I went to, unfortunately went to um, uni and studied media, which I find it very quickly that you don't need any kind of, um, degree or any kind of like specialize in it's more just like making things but so much yeah. of the time me and my brother would have had similar kind of thoughts or like would have seen you know sketches that similar to your, to your own one would be oh this would be really funny but I think you're always brought like it's almost kind of like fed in that's like oh but you'll need this or you need like there's almost these constant hurdles where I would kind of always have been like I just want to make myself just so I know that I'm doing it. Like, you know, I, I yeah. want to do it and get it right the way I am, which probably um, in hindsight is just me being a complete control freak. Um, <laughs> hence why I now just record this online. Like, yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's really interesting that like, you probably had like that thought process. Where you're like, I just want to make something. And then that, yeah. but then that makes it so timely and probably like elevates it as well. Why it becomes such like a viral kind of thing from that. Yeah, I guess so. Particularly, yeah, if it's something topical, like usually if, you know, um, like you want to make something relevant, you you have to make it as quickly as possible. But I I don't, I I hate being rushed though, you know, so I I, like, it's great to like hop on the topical bandwagon, but a lot of the time my ideas that I have are are not, are just about stuff in general, you know what I mean? Like stuff that's kind of true for a while, not like a, a week, you know what I mean? Like, like the whole Phil Hogan thing that's going on at the moment in Ireland. Like I, I haven't made anything about that, but sometimes it just, I mean, I feel like Irish Twitter just deserves some applause. There's some, been some oh. A-grade material from everybody on that. And I kind of feel like, oh, I feel like everybody else has, has done something on that. I'm happy to just sit back and enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize like Irish Twitter was such a thing until actually coming down to Dublin. And um, like originally I came down and I was working with Joe and, and see you're kind of thrown into this world. And I was just like, I just, I genuinely wouldn't have never used Twitter. But then mm. pe- pe- people started fo- like, I was like, oh, I'll follow this person because these guys seem to follow. And then you just see like this humor that is within seconds of something happening. People are even like dragging up things from the past. And so I was like, people are really like invested in this and they're so quick to it but my humor is not that at all like i i can't i think it's that similar kind of way where it's like it's anything that you could think of has already been said and been said really like well Mm. so i would always like be like yeah yeah i really enjoy twitter don't contribute at all towards (laughs) it because it'll take me like a 10 days afterwards to be like oh i thought of something funny yeah yeah um, i know even I like, think it's great. It's great for that though. Like for the, I've only really started using it again this year. Like the past couple of years, I I barely used it at all. But I, other than to just look at and and look at funny stuff and and <laughs> read other people's tweets, which I think is a perfectly valid use for it. It's always been my go to app for a laugh. Like I just love people's sense of humor on there. So yeah, I yeah, think it's been great for that. No, and I suppose that kind of leads me on to where I was going to ask next. Like what would like say because your your videos and like you would do different things from like impressions and you're saying like Republic Tally like that like mm. there's so many of those kind of like sketch things that like would pop into my mind but from doing say the impressions the Bird Girls series like even like Viral Eye like mm. what is like the inspiration behind that kind of comedy like is there anyone in particular that influenced you or has it kind of been one of those ones where it's just been a collection of loads of different things in your life? Like, I, I, I don't know, is I like your mates or even your family, would there be anybody that like you would, you know, have been inspired yeah. to like follow on, like to make these sketches? Um, no one I know anyway. <laughs> like when I started <laughs> You're such out. an original. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a boundary pusher in my own right. Um, no, I think in terms of like comedy heroes, I guess. Yeah. Uh, over the years, like probably my first one as a kid would have been Jim Carrey. I think in his heyday in the 90s, like Ace Ventura, 
era is just like the pinnacle for me. The man is just, he's someone who was like genetically funny as well. You know, like he's just, there's the way he does things that cannot be taught, you know, when you watch those movies and he could do impressions as well and he could write and he could do it all. So that would have been my first one. And then through the years, probably like my um, comedy heroes now, uh, let's say Bo Burnham, uh, his, because he's someone who also started on YouTube and he did like, uh, started out with songs and then, then his live shows and then TV shows. And now he's directing and writing movies. And like his live shows are like just brilliant. I can't recommend them enough. They're like a mix of stuff as well, which I feel like I would be similar to in that I can't just stick on one thing, you know? So he, he mixes up with like songs and stand up and poems and, and visual stuff. Uh, also somebody who's been going decades now would be Steve Coogan. Yeah. Um, and he's a great example of someone who has been great across, uh, like a variety of different medias. So he started out in sketch comedy and impressions very much like myself. He started out purely as an impressionist then was on shows like the day to day in the nineties and, and that's where uh, Alan Partridge, the character he created, started out as just a small bit. And then with Alan Partridge, he's gone on to do TV shows, you know, uh, mockumentaries or documentaries, I guess, as the character, a feature film. He's yeah. just released a podcast as well. He's written a book, which I bought <laughs> last month. It's, it's in London. I can't wait to read that. Um, so just he's pl- one just plugging in Steve Coogan. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Big fan. I mean, if you ever want to do any, if you want to collaborate me, like, <laughs> yeah, Ash, it's a shame he's not online. I can't tag him or anything. Um, but yeah, oh, he, he, he's he would be a big listener yeah. to the podcast though so oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah. Um, yeah so it's fine yeah or so i'm told so he'll hear so, this thanks yeah. steve uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no Somebody like he's posing as steve coogan keep yeah. listening to this podcast yeah um, but uh, yeah he would be um and i'm trying to think of like who would have inspired me like online like you said earlier there, there's so many different people and i'm sure like from week to week you might have a different taste or a different person you're you're following i'm trying to think of like um for like irish comedians i mean like, i don't even know where to start there's so many to list like um yeah, I think for like sketch comedy online, I don't really, I'm trying to think of people who were on like the early days of YouTube who would have been making sketches like years ago. You know what, like College Humor, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, it's been a long running one. Yeah. And they have like a variety of stuff too. So they would be, they would have been like a long running example. I've been watching their stuff for years. I think they, weirdly, they supposedly shut down last year, at the start of this year. Yeah. But they're still releasing sketches somehow. You know, like when, like, it's like when a musician dies and then their record label releases songs afterwards. And it's like, how is this, where is this coming from? Like, yeah, because I remember they, like, made, like, the dropout thing, which was essentially, like, a Patreon, where it's like, yeah, you can get yeah. our exclusive content. But then they kept just uploading to YouTube anyway. So it was like, yeah. And then next thing, they're apparently shut down. But then you still see, like, uploads. Like, even this week, like, there yesterday, there was, like, yeah. one. And I was like, I can't tell if this has been made or like a while ago or if this is maybe them getting started back into it but um exactly. yeah i think even just the way that you're like mentioned about like between different things that you've like been making videos like just like on twitter or like sketches my actual my first guest that i had on the show um i don't know if you'd know justine stafford but um oh, yeah. yeah but like just the way that you're kind of explaining like these are the people that like i would have like you know and you want to go out and you want to make your own thing. It seems that seems to be a way that like a lot of the kind of Irish comedy people, because it's obviously so remote and it's like, you know, I mean, if it's to some people, it's like Dublin's like center of the fucking universe. But like, <laughs> obviously Ireland's so rural that like you yeah. end up, I think it feeds into this like kind of culture of people that like are so influenced by like, say all these other international like people. And you kind of, you see these like kind of reoccurring like there'll be people that like even with TikTok and stuff like that you've mm-hmm. I've started to notice like you know young guys are like my years are younger and they'll be coming in with like these kind of sketches things and it's always you see like re- patterns repeating themselves but it's that kind of like get up and go where it's like fuck I'm just I just want to make like something fully for myself like um mm, yeah. but it wasn't until you've mentioned it as like that's literally sounds so similar to kind of Justine's like similar path oh yeah 
yeah, yeah. that's it you, you see stuff and you're like you're excited by it and then you think oh man, i feel like i could do something like that i feel like i could do something similar and then and eventually you know the thought like it's it's better to just try it and see rather than have the you know never know yeah uh, whether you could or not um yeah yeah exactly so just just try it, it see drop out of uni and just fucking yeah <laughs> live, live that shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but that's it but i suppose as well so like kind of you'd mentioned kind of a bit like before this career like consecration and from the online stardom but like was there any kind of like jobs I suppose that would like be a big thing that mm. I think like stems a lot of people's humor or a lot of kind of like growing up like their environments and stuff like this were there any kind of I say this in every podcast like mm. character building like kind of jobs or situations that you're put through growing up that maybe like informed this kind of like as you said, you think that like you're like, oh, I could be like funny at this, or you maybe get like inspiration from certain areas. Has there been um before you've you know been creating these videos and like the sketches? Was there anything beforehand that you think maybe informed you know a lot of your like mm. worldview? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think for right. Well, like I've been terrible at every proper job I've ever had, so <laughs> in a way that's informed me that I. I, I have to find a way to make this a career because I am useless in every other setting. Um, so I've, I've worked in like, I've had like three retail jobs over the year. The first one was I worked in a hardware store for five years. Uh, still couldn't put up a shelf. To this day. Um, there's me like advising people on what type of plaster to use. So I'm like, I haven't a clue. Um, so I did that. And, uh, you know that to be fair that showed me the value of an actual like hard day's work like doing like manual labor literally half the time the job was filling bags of sand 30 kilo bags of sand and stacking them on top of each other in the rain for hours on end so like i'm like i'm glad i got to experience that like as experience in the past yeah not at the time yeah. it's a great thing to have had done you know not to do if you know what i mean mm. um and uh, so I did that. And then I worked in Curry's PC World for a year, which was hell. And I hated that job so much because also I was terrible at it, as I mentioned. Um, also, you know, don't know that much about computers. Um, outside of like video editing, I'm not really that tech savvy, to be honest. But, and also I was a terrible salesman. Like without a doubt, probably the worst salesperson I've ever had. I've, I've no qualms in saying that like I I it was not a fun job and I was not cut out to do it because you really had to be I don't know you to be a good salesman you got to be a bit of a crappy person sometimes sometimes oh. I'm not saying that's always the case but uh in that place yeah uh, but I could sell a printer like nobody else <laughs> where I you have a niche like, boom. yeah I was the niche where it had the least markup and smallest profit margin in the entire company. You're like, you can't just sell printers, Sean. Uh, so eventually I was made to sell laptops and TVs and that kind of thing. But I had great crack working with people there, uh, you know, because it was all just people. I was in my like early 20s when I did that. I'm 28 now. I was like 22, 23. And great crack like my best mate got me the job there and so i was working with him and everybody else there was a similar age and doing at a similar time in their life so from that angle it was brilliant you know and i have friends still to this day that i met working there um so that was great and also for like for an actual the hardware store was good but it wasn't really like a front to shop kind of proper like retail experience what yeah. pc world was you were dealing with the general public like and that was you know, I don't know if you've had like any retail jobs like that yourself, but you, you learn a lot. Like when people talk about retail and dealing with the public. Yeah. It's never like in glowing terms. <laughs> generally. Um, but you learn that is a, that is a well of material. Really. I, like just, yeah. When just, you're on the other side of the counter, you know, the things you have to deal with, it's really highlighted when you're there like five days a week, you know? Yeah. I think you kind of all like, I feel like you have to do those like shitty jobs and ones that like you know that you're like you're going into them. you're going in for for like 
essentially you just need a bit of pocket money like mm-hmm. nobody like well i know some people maybe do have a real passion for selling printers and pcs and the rest of it mm-hmm. but i think that's a certain type of personality but like yeah. as you said like just it kind of i think humbles you a little bit and also like so from anywhere that you go from there you can look back and be like yeah. jesus christ but also so much material like i've i never worked in retail lucky enough but i would have stuck more in with the mm-hmm. catering and like um like cafe restaurant work and stuff like that which uh yeah food is uh it's a different it's a different one altogether you're not trying to like or even i used to work in this pizza place when you're talking about like sales and stuff i just like i just didn't have the personality like even when oh god uh, one of my old boss ever will listen to this but um in this cafe like there'd be big families coming in they'd be like blah blah, blah like and in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, like, there's such, like, there's so many of them and they want to pay for a meal. So I would kind of, like, discount it a bit, like, off oh, my yeah. own head and be like, yeah. oh, God, they just need to get by. In hindsight, be like, I was probably the worst employee, losing them so much money. <laughs> but in my mind, I'd be like, oh, I just can't imagine them, you know, having to pay for all this. I, I, it was just, it was not up my street at all. But, um... But then, then you kind of feel yeah. like, you know what, if I'm going to be in this for a short time, this isn't going to be my world. So fucking yeah. may as well just, uh, have a bit of crap. I was the same, though. I was the same. When people like would come in and they'd be like, the managers would just be like, give you such a bollocking for not like adding on all the like, the extra stuff. That's what they're mad about. Like if you're buying a computer. <laughs> or the upsell of stuff, be like, oh, you it. could get this one, but this one's so much better. And then like, yeah. let's see, you're trying to sell it, but you're like, I don't fucking know unless it's a printer i mean yeah yeah, then it's a printer so basically (laughs) i'll walk through my process with the printer here right okay please sell it they would be mad i'll sell you a printer right now it's like the wolf of wall street here (laughs) sell me this printer no problem (laughs) but basically printers are useless and break all the time that is like a joke that people know everyone knows this so they had this deal where you could get a brand new one replaced instantly, not even repaired for like a little bit extra. So I could sell that because I was like, that is actually good. Yeah. Out of everything in the shop, you probably will actually use that. The antivirus on this thing, maybe not. And like the, the sound bar for your TV, maybe not. But this will actually be useful because I guarantee this will break, which I didn't say in the pitch, but I knew it. Yeah, yeah. We, we all do it. Yeah, yeah. Notoriously unreliable pieces of equipment. I think um, I was even listening to like, it was really one the other day. It was like Scott Mills and Chris Stark. They were talking about like, out of all the advances in technology, like even they're recording from home. They're like, I'm literally broadcasting like internationally from my home. It's like, mm-hmm. but you know what still won't work? Printers. It's like, come on guys. It's like, how's technology <laughs> moved on? But printers are still like the one thing that like cost me out of thing, you know, will like take like ours, uh, like, cannot just feed paper apparently they choke on it if they like try and dictate too much um but at the end of it you always kind of need one so yeah that's actually quite a good one to be like i can sell you a printer because it's probably like playing to more actual genuine like genuinely you're like you yeah it will go to shit so here's a deal that we offer (laughs) yeah yeah you will use this i guarantee it so but uh unfortunately that wasn't worth that much to the company so yeah it's, it's, it's oh, weird well. the way that happens yeah, yeah. well i think a running thing that i'm kind of spotting in this is probably as you said like from one retail to another on things that you just like don't really know about or like i think it's that kind of like art of an actress that i had um on the show about two weeks ago she's done like the she's got away with the jammiest jobs like she has been like in things where it was like complete arse she like isn't a Gaelicore, but she would just learn off the script and then like ah. yeah so this entire film she was doing Irish or other things she just blagged her into but she um yeah relates a lot of the part-time jobs that she did to like an art of bullshitting that's really I think mm. in the grand scheme of things that's all you really need to like you know mm. convince people that you're something and then they'll be like yeah okay great yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll take you on. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Having that confidence to do that. Like, if I was like selling somebody a laptop, and I was like, "Do you want this insured?" They go, "No." I'd be like, "Okay, fair enough." <laughs> when you need to be like, "No," but uh, you need this because this, this, and this. 
<laughs> if you don't have the insurance, how are you going to return home and be happy with yourself? Like, do you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, might as well just pick up a ready meal in Tesco. It's like, you piece of shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you got to really condemn them. Actually, maybe that's what I feel like I did a lot of like in service yeah. industry. I would just like, oh, you're going for the chicken. Oh, <laughs> mm. Okay, sorry, I forgot we're uh, on a budget date here tonight. There. Uh, oh. <laughs> Well, you're happy to see me starve then while you enjoy a nice meal, are you? Oh, good for you. Yeah. Chicken it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we actually have an early bird menu if you're cheap ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I suppose then, like, from obviously those things have, like, informed very much character, built into the character that you are mm. today. Um, what then, like, does like an average day look like for you or is there an average day like any one day same because as you said it's a mixture between like sketches like um you know even the fact that you've started like doing more twitter things um but even like just in general like is there like from writing is there like a day that you'd be like this is writing this is like emails like this is you know thursdays or days for talking shite with some like randomers on the internet is that what yeah, today is yeah. scheduled in for yeah yeah no it's 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 a good point because lately this year in particular it has been i've tried to keep it quite regimented and like stick to a five days a week and i think that's worked for me in that way uh, especially like through lockdown when i mean everybody was stuck at home anyway and you need to like i just i i really tried hard to avoid just the temptation to just sit and binge on netflix all day I'll do that in the evening, but I have yeah. to earn it first in the daytime, you know? <laughs> uh, so I still work three days a week um, with, I uh, work with a production company and like a, a football website uh, called Dream Team and yeah. I make videos for them. So that's like Monday to Wednesday, which is great because that's stuff, you know, that I'm interested in as well. Like when it comes to football and when it comes to making videos, like I love all that and, and I love the team that I work with. So that's those three days kind of blocked off with that and then that leaves lately like thursday and friday uh i've set aside to focus on my own videos so if i have any ideas during those first three days i'll put those in the back of my mind and then i'll sit down say today for example before this i was writing a sketch so i'd i'd write might write the sketch in the morning then film it straight after then have lunch then after that i'd put it together and then maybe release it tomorrow because it's sometimes it's nice to just have like an overnight where you can think oh maybe i could change this or this you know if something might occur to you that unless it's something that needs to be out like right now if yeah it's really topical. <laughs> but like i said I, I hate i hate like having to rush something like that if i can avoid it um and that would be yeah that would be it so if i'm not like writing or making a sketch in some way i've been writing like longer form stuff so like i've been trying to write like sitcom scripts not that i int- think will be made anytime soon but just uh, i want to get better as a writer for longer form stuff like i love doing sketches but i think long term speaking i'd love to write something with you know characters and a bit more uh something that's a bit more substantial i guess mm. uh, and otherwise then if i'm stuck as well for something to do usually now thankfully with a job like i've accessed all this um software like editing software including like after effects and premiere pro uh so that's after effects is like graphics basically mm-hmm. and um it's basically i've just trying to been up trying to upskill lately so if mm-hmm. i do have a bit of spare time like right is there anything i can learn to do or you know uh get better at and usually as well if you i find if you, if you discover a new skill or learn to do something it kind of sets off a load of new ideas because i'm like oh i'm keen to like try this in in something you know i'm like even if it's a completely unrelated like last week i learned how to turn myself into uh uh like a star wars ghost you know like you know and they're like kind of blue and see-through I'm like oh that's cool i can know how to do that i'm like now i'm like where what can i put that in that'll be funny you're like i've got so much more content for you know being a ghost now it's like this is great so long yeah. i've been you know deprived of this but now <laughs> jesus we're winning God, we made four ghost related videos in a row this month so, yeah. wow he's really good <laughs> Uh, yeah so usually if i'm not making something i try to be like learning something um and that's like monday to friday and it's like it's harder some days than others especially when it's like 
it's completely on my own back and like right mm. i'm making myself do this that's obviously the toughest like i'm sure and everyone's familiar with that where where when you're in charge you know <laughs> it's very easy to slack off like what's the what's the repercussions yeah but i've been trying to stick to that and that way as well when the weekend comes around i try to just like switch off completely you know and actually just give myself a couple of days to not think about anything on the internet or making anything like that. Yeah. In the past, like with this kind of, uh, with this kind of like work is that you could, you could be working all the time. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could write a sketch that you're going to make at 2am. You could do it first thing in the morning, you could do it on Saturday, Sunday. But then I found myself being like, I can't switch off. Like, when am I going to be able to wind down? And it was stressing me out. So I was like, right, just make a concerted effort to put the work in, in the right time. And then yeah. you can switch off when, you know, when the time comes, when the weekend comes around and, and know that you have earned it, you know, yeah. a little bit. I think that is important to yeah. regiment it somewhat <laughs> as much as possible. No, I think like what you touched on there, I think that's what I was going to say it because as you said, like, you're with like production company as well. You're doing like Monday to Wednesday. You're probably like coming in from weekend. It'd probably be like, you know, brainstorming things constantly. And that's what I kind of like found as well. Just from, we would have kind of like, the, we tried to do like build up TikTok and stuff when there was like me and a couple other guys and Joe. Mm-hmm. And um, it literally every day it was like, you're either planning for a video one day or, you know, something else that we would have been doing another day. But it wasn't until you, I was put like in that environment that you realize you're almost like burning out like of ideas. You need to have those days off to go do something mm-hmm. normal, like getting your groceries or getting a haircut. Then that you're like inspired by something else. But like through lockdown, like so many people I've heard that would be really, you know, creative in that sense and making their th- own things. They were like just drawing a blank because they're like... Mm they're so normalized to be important like full throttle where you don't switch off but then when yeah. you you know when you're confined to within your household it's like you can't meet up mates and chat about like what happened to them then yeah. that kind of process of coming up with ideas writing things and stuff like that like you need to have the downtime with it as well so you no know, that's like I feel like you've got like that good balance now like where you kind of obviously can go in and do things but you realize that you're like thursday friday that's my own kind of time and then saturday sunday mm. just you can't like you need to switch off and like chuck away or whatever like i know i'm just so bad at like even trying to chuck away my phone like half times i'll be like oh i've got like a really like funny idea to do for something and then you'll like spend like time saying some somebody else's uh, stuff and you'll just kind of dis disencourage yourself from it almost but um yeah, yeah, yeah. like that's like amazing that like you're able to like sustain that like and that's like I think that's the best thing for it is that schedule and consistency wise like mm. as you said if you're your own boss and you're like you want to still be making and stuff like if you don't push yourself almost in sense yeah. or be like oh I need to do this by this stage you just won't like exactly yeah, yeah. yeah exactly I think this year in particular as well um, that's been really really key throughout lockdown just having that you know I think that's really been it's saved me in many ways you know it could it could have gone a bad way otherwise yeah. in terms you could of productivity. have could have what i did and just dyed my hair and then i worked off like a <laughs> kind of like sketch where i was like making the taking the piss i looked like a milky bar kid yeah <laughs> milky bar kids at milky bar on twitter actually i've hounded them with stuff at like whoever is running their socials they must be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah like because i was just sending them like tiktoks and shit and they were going like you really have nothing else to do during lockdown. Maybe, and I really don't. I, I honestly don't. Yeah, nobody does. Why are you surprised at this? Yeah, yeah come on. Jeez, I'm a grown person. I'm just doing this in my spare time. Get with it. Come on. Sponsor yeah. me. Yeah, bring back the monkey bar kids as a grown adult. Nobody will see that coming. Oh, exactly. But um, I suppose, obviously, because your background is so eclectic, what I was wondering, like, has there been any major standout moments that have kind of came off the back of your comedy that you never thought would happen? My one that I probably would like really it with you is like, you got the channel for like Hollywood hijacks thing. Sorry. Does that not like, like just even the idea that like, Oh yeah. Like just me in my house, like making these really like sketches and then even a bit of production company and stuff like this, but like to get like a child for show. Cause 
I was like, I was trying to do a bit of research. And um, I remember seeing it, but um, I, me- oh, I was yeah. seeing one of your YouTube videos that was like, I couldn't tell if you were taking the piss or not about it, being like, no, <laughs> genuinely, I am a child for it. And I was like, I need to actually, like, I had to do a bit of, like, research after that, being like, oh my God, he did, like, but I didn't know if you were yeah. taking the piss or not. Like, I, Yeah, I know, it's hard when I'm, yeah, never sincere on camera. <laughs> it's like, is he actually telling the truth this time? Uh, yeah that was yeah that was probably one of the biggest like pinch me moments that was um that was about the time I moved to London it was partly related to that because it was like right I have some work over here now Mm. it seems like a good time to maybe (laughs) change location move Mm. to a bigger industry um not too far away from home and for those who don't know so the show is called Hollywood Hijack and it was this um all four online series basically and the idea was that I was an aspiring actor who had blagged my way into these movie junkets and was using it to try and further my career somehow. So my questions were completely like just ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, I came in with these the worst headshots imaginable. I was wearing a turtleneck and posing like James Bond and I was handing them over to like Jessica Chastain and Emily Blunt and Chris Hemsworth and asking for feedback. And then... I met I met The Rock and Kevin Hart and then took my T-shirt off and was like, do you think I'm safe oh, <laughs> enough to be a movie star? And Which they then both retweeted. They retweeted the video that The Rock, when he retweeted that, like my head nearly exploded. Oh, I couldn't believe it. So that was, that was like, I was literally just lost for words for minutes, like when that happened. Um, and that was, that was cool. And like I said earlier about like, so like the first YouTube videos, like, doing well feeling like that validated me again the channel four thing did that again to another degree so it's like wow there's like an official stamp of approval from you know a big broadcaster like channel four you know down in the in the corner the watermark there which is also like another way you know kind of it's just a bit of encouragement like right i'm doing the right (laughs) thing here look this is legit this is this is not just something i've made you you know this is with other people for other people because it's uh, such a hard one to break from that like internet almost thing to traditional like you know broadcasting like as i said um and then you're coming back from me like yeah oh no it was nice to get like a wee pat in the back from him but like it's insane (laughs) like i like it's such a huge like deal to me even like when i was seeing the people that Mm. like you were chatting to like that would be one of the things that i was kind of like god damn he's done it boys like (laughs) 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 i just thought it was so like quality that like you're getting these opportunities to meet these people be this like huge you know like you know as you said like like such a well-known broadcaster but then you're still getting to do it on your terms like having that kind of like piss take like you're having to crack them do you think that like having that characterization like me like removed yourself from it a wee bit or else well or as you as you said mine probably would have exploded if you're being like actually be like oh, i'm a big fan like do you think that kind of like saved you but having that kind of like I think it was like your tea was felt and shirt and be like, oh yeah, does that like bother you? Like, no. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was so like strategic, I thought. I know, yeah. I had to, um, like, I'm glad it was in that format because I would be a terrible like journalist to have like a straight conversation with them. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm glad I got to do something different with them, even if it did make them slightly uncomfortable <laughs> on a couple of occasions. Um, but it was, yeah, it was not, and like you say, I had to kind of keep that facade up. I was, I've never been more nervous in my life than I was like the day we did one of the first junket, which was for, I think it was like Snow White and the Huntsman. And it was Chris Hemsworth, Jessica Chastain, Emily Blunt, Rob Ryden, Nick Frost, all in the space of like a couple of hours. And like you're in this hotel with like a waiting around to chat to these people. And I was just literally like shaking with nerves. Um, but I knew that it was right. It's only like five minutes chat each time with them. I I can't blow this, you know. So I just have to commit to it a hundred percent because I know I'll be, you know, I, I know I'll be nervous, but I'll be kicking myself even more if I if I break, you know, the the character and I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's only five minutes. You'll be gone and they'll forget about you like an hour later. So I was like, right, just commit to it and be like fully as weird as you intended to be um and because i know like watching this back once you see it it will be it'll be funny like it'll be worth it it'll be like that was i can't believe i did that to be honest 
um, and and it was, and uh, and some of them were really, really, they, they were all really nice to be honest. Like Emily Blunt got into it; she was like, she was loving it. Like, yeah, she was it, fully yeah. committed to it. I was like, oh yeah, she knows the crack. Like, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. She asked me out on a pity date at the end of it, and all you know, I couldn't ask for more. Um, and then that's when you break character. And you're like, yeah, but like that, that was funny. But like, yeah, like it, like it's John cool that, like like. Like, no, seriously though, like, here is my yeah, number. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> isn't pretending anymore. Yeah. Um, and then she just keeps laughing. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm pressured out by security. Emily! Don't ignore me! Please! Which actually would have been great if we then, if that had happened and we filmed that, that would have just been even funnier. Exactly, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so like stuff like that was great. Um, and yeah, uh, I would have liked to do it more. We only got to do like three episodes in the end because presumably people just, the problem was people just didn't want to give us these opportunities because A, because it was online, we couldn't guarantee that it was going to get a ton of views. Yeah. And B, I was definitely going to do something weird, you know? <laughs> so they're like, do we really want to risk that? Would we not just rather have like a legitimate journalist in here? Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, and something I'd love to do again, but you know, like who knows? But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. But that would have been like you said earlier, where you're like, it's like, oh, Channel Four, like you've done it. You know, it was like at the time, it certainly felt that way. But I think I look back now, and I think it was naive of me to be like, all right, I've made it, baby. You know, here you go. I'm in the was, big smoke now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, another Irish Latin London. Exactly. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like and you, I've, yeah, you and everybody else here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Then, like, what I've learned now is you really have to keep keep working and keep making stuff for yourself yeah. as well. Now, with the platform of of the internet, it's so important. And like you said earlier, it's so hard to break into these mainstream uh, organizations nowadays. I just don't worry about it, to be honest. Because I spent years thinking, oh, how could I do that? How do I get a job in there? And it's like you shouldn't worry about that you can make your own things now exactly how you want without anybody changing it in any way and that's what you should be doing it so i don't worry about commissioners i don't worry about producers if somebody wants to hire me for something someday great let's work together but for now i'm like i just love making stuff for myself uh and i think when i when i hear other comedians and that talking about it like like oh i wish they'd take a chance i'm like don't don't worry about them like mainstream media is so clunky and inefficient now compared oh. to the internet to youtube twitter facebook when i can have an idea for a sketch and have it released and made in under an hour and it takes six months to make a tv show i'm like and the sketches might be seen by more people than that you know it's like i think it's their to be honest it's their problem to keep up Literally. with the internet nowadays so like just, yeah but i think that's the best kind of thought process to go in with it because i know so many people would be like even myself, I kind of would, I like always say like, oh, I'd love to kind of get them to more like present things. But then I also like making like we you know, stupid things on the side or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And I feel like you're, there is that kind of mentality where it's like, oh, if you want to make it, you need to like play like by somebody's rules. But so much of the time that I find since like working like little bits here and there that like they are like, once you start talking to people that are in there, they're like, we are going to like, like what you guys are doing right now making that content you guys have a way bigger audience like the consume the way that people consume stuff is so different now that yeah they're they're almost trying to play by their own rules and trying to get you to conform in a sense like but at the end of the day they're like like you're on you're in the bargaining spot really to be like mm-hmm. this is what i can offer this is what i can do it's like why would i you know yeah. do that time yeah. with you um, not to say it's like oh god you're gonna pass it up like if something like that happens but like no. I think it makes you it's I think it's a better it's a more level playing field rather than it's like if you want to be like known for something it's like oh sure what do you do and like unless you're like mention you're with like one of the big like you know main channels then people are like you're relevant whether mm-hmm. like now like even like TikTok like that's been like one that I've just been like like I can't even fathom how people over lockdown have got like genuinely like tens of millions of like yeah. subscribers on them as like what to do is like they're literally dancing like yeah. just <laughs> on their phones or like you know they'll be lip syncing a song yeah. and next thing they're like even there's a girl that um 
I uh, had on like one of the earlier podcasts. She's from um, not too far away from me. She's uh, in Trojan Direction. But essentially over lockdown, she's just been documenting these wee tadpoles that she picked up in her back garden. Yeah, and now she's known as Tadpole her. Girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's got a, but she was literally being like, yeah, so I work in like the salmon shop during the day. But then she's like, but then I'd make like my videos. Um, so I'm over like a million subscribers now. I've got a book deal coming oh. out. Um, she's like, yeah, I'm signed up with an influencer agency, um, uh, and all like this. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's like, <laughs> like you try to sell that to like anybody else. Like you try to sell that to like chat for a BBC be like, yeah, it's essentially just going to be like 15 second videos. Like of these like tadpoles growing up and there'll be a wee voice over the background. They go, mm. nobody's going to watch that. Then you turn around, you're like, oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, people actually probably might watch that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I just think it's insane. Like there are, there are no rules. It's like the, no. it's the wild west out there, and you can be whatever you want. Yeah, and I love that. Like, be as weird and niche as you feel inclined, and <laughs> if as long as you're honest with what you are making, I mm. think people will connect with that. Yeah, and find it. So just make what you want, really. And I suppose that's kind of like you've led on kind of from that like traditional point sense where um you thought you you know maybe wanted to go down this route but you've realized you know since you're like it's mm. if it happens it happens but it shouldn't be something that you're like intentionally like going towards or aspiring to because it's not the like end of end all like end result but what does the future then kind of hold for yourself sean like is there a five-year plan is there any big goals that you want to achieve that you haven't yet i know that you've said you're like you know screenwriting like script writing that kind of is that something that you would like predominantly in the future like that's what I want to be like known for or is there any big milestones that you're like I want to hit by xyz yeah um yeah like you said like writing longer form stuff like like many comedians like have aspirations to like someday write a sitcom or something and be in it but that I mean, that's a scary prospect. I think that would be difficult. So I'm, I'm being quite pra- pragmatic about it and just trying to get better day by day. Um, that is something. I think that is where I'd be happiest if I was writing and acting and like comedy stuff for TV and dare I say movies someday. <gasps> if I was being saying, you know, no holes barred, and uh, that would be that would be the dream. Uh, but also from a from a live uh, point of view, whenever live shows are allowed again, and hopefully in the not too distant future, I'd love to, because I do stand-up comedy as well, but I haven't done it in ages now, as you'd imagine. Um, I'd love to uh, make a show of my own and like an hour-long show. I've never written a full show yet. So, but I think when I think about stand-up, it's like the purest form of comedy, you know, it's just you and there's no, it's just you and the audience and it's just the quickest way to a punchline, you know, just, I think, I think I've unfinished business when it comes to stand up. So I'd love to really have a crack and see what like a full show would be. Um, and, and I'd love to put that on for people, you know, eventually. Um, so I guess that is, um, that's my longer term ambitions. I mean, for the meantime, I don't really have any specific like number goals or anything like that. I'm just, um just kind of treating a week by week for now and just keep making the sketches and keep making whatever I find funny really for now and hope people keep uh, uh enjoying it really you know um I think as long as basically my philosophy now is if I you know if you have an idea and you just think to yourself oh that's a bit funny or like you have that gut feeling where it's like uh, you're just gonna laugh to yourself <laughs> that's it that's the key is if it gets that that is the seal of approval and you need to make it so as long as i keep following that that's all i'm going to keep yeah. doing for now but uh, long, yeah but i'm enjoying that as long as you keep laughing at yourself sure you're winning yeah exactly. exactly so um and just because you've mentioned about um obviously interviewing like movie stars and stuff like this i i was kind of doing a bit of research myself to see like if you've been in other interviews or if you'd kind of done anything like this in particular because I myself, I'm like, I said, like, I'm trying to be a bit of like a perfectionist and stuff, um, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, but I did actually happen to, um, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, I sent out asking people to get in touch um, oh. if they had any questions. Um, so, yeah, you may have probably heard these before. I don't know. But like, um, 
I'm just going to kind of like fire these your way. And um, yeah, just uh, sure. some of them are, are a bit strange now, but um, just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not you into that. So like on the internet. Yeah. I've heard of. I, I know. That's what I thought as well. But um, yeah, hopefully you can kind of inform them a wee bit. I mean, sure. it's not for me. It's for them. I'm really giving back to the people. You're a man so, of people. You're very good uh, <sighs> to do this, you know. I, you're welcome, Sean. Um, so sure, I'm just plugging my laptop in, by the way, before, it's, before <laughs> the battery dies. But crack oh, on. Crack yeah. On. So um, this first one kind of came in. Um, and oh, just dropping a pen there. But uh, this fr- first one came in and I'll just read out because it's a bit of a script now. It's, uh, dear Sean, if a shark with a laser beam on its head was to fight a flaming bird, who would win? And, oh, sorry, there's actually, if a shark with a laser beam on its head was to fight a flaming bird, who would win? Also, P.S., if you don't answer, you're automatically a twat. (laughs) I'm already a twat. I think we've established that a long time now, so I'm not worried about that at all. Well, I think context is key with this fight. Is it on land or is it in water, right? They've not even provided it. If it's in water, the shark is winning because the bear is put out. I don't care if it's on fire. It's just been put out. Uh, You know what? I'm still going to say shark, even if it's on land. Because the bear being on fire, how is that an advantage for the bear? (laughs) The bear is on fire. As far as I know, that's an unpleasant experience. And I just need that shark to pop off one shot with that laser beam and then just Bam. finish it off. So I'm going to go shark. You're going to go shark. Yeah, yeah. I, I, funny enough, I, I, that's where I thought that you would kind of go with that answer as well. Anyways, that's just my own gumption. <laughs> it's kind of led me towards that. It's a logical um, answer. Come on. Yeah. Now, this one, it was weird. They include like an email with a, um, which on Instagram, it's a bit, bit strange. Okay. Um, but this one comes from Brian Riley at gmail.com. Um, and essentially he says, um, if you, if, sorry, let me just, it's a bit, there's, it's a bit, it's kind of like scribbled a bit, but, um, if you ever impersonate me again, I will make you rue the day. Ha ha. Uh, woohoo, hee hee, hoo hoo, I don't know if that means anything to you in particular, Sean, but um, that was sent in. Um, Brian Riley. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that's referring to. If you ever impersonate me again, oh, is that? I'm a bit confused. Honestly, so am I, Sean. But um, a lot of these questions do kind of seem to relate back to um, why are you such a um. Um, and yeah, that was probably the hardest part was finding <laughs> questions that didn't relate back to that. If anybody doesn't know, this is indirect reference to a video that you made eight years ago. That was your oh, first YouTube video. It was a Q and A uh, that you had for yourself. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. Well, well, well. That is <laughs> the tables have t- <laughs> Oh, I see. You just reminded me that I left that video up. Very good. I was like, this all sounds so familiar. Like, you're, you're like, the weirdest but... form of nostalgia or deja vu I've ever had in my life. <laughs> like, I've heard that question before. And oh, anybody God. else that is listening is like, God, Connor's got fucking notions on himself. Be like, yeah, <laughs> also, why are you such a twat? Like, <laughs> they're probably being like, fucking hell, Connor is like, wind your neck. And like, <laughs> That's why I was like, I've established a long time ago that I was a twat in a Q&A video. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on. But literally, your answer to that shark one is like pretty close to what you did in the video eight years ago. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, he's calved on really quickly there. That's why I was like. Just haven't changed a bit in eight years, clearly. Well, that's what I mean. Consistency is key. Yeah. (laughs) On that fight. Well, I think um, from that, um, I feel I feel like I've covered anything and all that I can ask you. Um, thank you so much, Sean, for coming on to Fit Reviews. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I, I I genuinely do appreciate you taking the time to come and chat. Um, in our perspective bedrooms, um, I feel like this. Uh, these these are the things in lockdown that we're going to miss when uh, things get back to normality. Yeah calls we'll be pining for the zoom calls when we're back in the pub let's all just go home oh. and chat separately lads let's put yeah. these points down and go Jeez. home yeah but like the if, good old days 
people um, haven't, you know, seen your stuff before, shame on them. But how can they find you um, on socials, um, YouTube, as you said, with production companies? Is there anything that you want to plug in those kind of terms? Uh, no, if you just want to follow my uh, sketches, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Sean Burke Show on both of those. I'm also on Facebook and YouTube, but I'll be honest, I don't update those nearly as often as the other two. So if you want to follow me, I'd say Instagram, Twitter, at Sean Burke Show, and come along and have a laugh. Hop on board. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much. Um, and it's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, hopefully, um, maybe next time you're in an interview, we can have this again. I can, you know, fall back and refer to the questions I've done today next time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd just like yeah. to keep you on your toes. Yeah, that'll do grand. But here, it was a pleasure. Um, have a wonderful day, sir. And um, good luck with everything in the future. I can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks. You too, Connor. Cheers for chatting to me today. Bye. Thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode of Finterviews. If you would like to support the podcast, please make sure to like, subscribe, share with your mates. And also, if you'd like to get in touch, follow me on Instagram at Finterviews underscore podcast or on Twitter at Finterviews pod. And let me know who you would like to hear me interview next. Until next time, thanks again for tuning in. and I'll see you later. Bye.